Hello, everyone. My name is Willie Eaglehawk, and I'm the BTS theorist. I'm a sociologist, a social theorist, a full-time army, and the author of Idol Limerence, The Art of Loving BTS as Phenomena. I make books all about BTS and army, and now I'm making podcasts too. On The BTS Theorist, I want to bring to you stories from within the fandom and new perspectives on BTS and ARMY. Think of this as a place where I share ideas, experiences and observations all about those seven men we love so much and the fandom that journeys next to them. Plus, I'll bring in people to interview from time to time just to keep it fresh. If you're an ARMY, it's so good to have you here. If you're a curious onlooker, hi. I hope you find this episode informative and that you walk away with a better understanding of just what makes BTS and ARMY so good. On today's episode, I am fortunate enough to be interviewing an essayist from my latest book project, I Am Army, We Don't Need Permission. This book features a collection of essays from Army from around the world that share their stories of how they found BTS and who on earth they are. All right, so it's time for me to introduce today's guest. Today, I am joined by Paola Rivera, who is an aspiring author and an English graduate from Puerto Rico. She started writing creatively from a young age and dreams of publishing novels and poetry collections. Now residing in New York City, she spends her free time traveling, writing, and exploring. Her essay is titled On Being Found, and I'm so excited to share more about it with you all on this episode. Hello, hello, welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us from, is it is it cold? Is it winter time in New York? It's technically uh, winter, but mm-hmm. it's not that cold. It's not, I mean, supposedly it's going to snow tomorrow, but it hasn't been snowing. It's like in the 40s right now. So, yeah. Great. We just had one of those awesome moments where the internet dropped out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny right before I was like, if the internet drops out when we're recording this, just smile and Mm. nod and be like, everything's fine. (laughs) So you were were introducing yourself, it happened. Oh, did it? You're like, yeah, this is great. Did you manage to hear me trying to pronounce your name? Did it come yeah, back in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh no, I wish it skipped out for that so you didn't have to oh. hear me. <laughs> okay, now you, now you know. Um, I, I swear this this podcast series is more like me trying to pronounce other people's names. And um, I guess it's revenge for because people have not pronounced my name right, you know, my whole life. Yeah. So now I get to experience it with other people um, <laughs> from, from, other, from other countries. I'm like, wow. Anyway, yeah. just a reminder that I am chronically white. Anyway, welcome, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. All right. All right. Okay. So, of course, you are an amazing essayist in this story and your essay covers how you found BTS and what your life looked like before BTS and kind of the journey you went on with them. But first, the first question I ask everyone is how did you find BTS and become an army? Like what year was it? Where were you? What were you doing? Take us on that journey. Okay. So, it was 2020. I feel like a lot of people became ARMY in 2020. Um, we were stuck in our houses, so there wasn't much to do. But I think that the whole premise of my essay is not so much about how I be- I found BTS or how I became an ARMY. It was ha- more like how they found me and how like I was just finding my own business. I wasn't really looking for anything. I wasn't really like um, curious about them at all. It, they just sort of barged into my life and they were like oh we're here um and we're not leaving <laughs> right uh so i'm gonna read an excerpt from my from the essay to give a little bit of context oh, of what was please going do. on 
we love excerpts here so please yeah let's I'm I'm excited for people to hear kind of the journey of what it's like to first experience BTS because you write about it so beautifully so take it away thank you okay so a little bit of context it was during their iHeartRadio performance the stage was decorated with bright colors simulating a city the camera moved slowly to the center focusing on the gates of an old-fashioned elevator, the ones you had to manually open. I could see my first glimpse of them through the hole of the elevator gate before they slid it open and walked out one by one. They wore vibrant colors matching the stage. If I had to describe the look they were going for, I would have to say a modern take on the 70s. I wasn't sure what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. Maybe it was because compared to all the artists who had performed prior to them, who had generic stages and outfits, this seemed seemed different, refreshing. Despite having to perform in front of cameras instead of a crowd of people, they put thought and effort into their stage design. My eyes moved with camera, focusing on each one for less than a second. There was too much going on. I could feel the anticipation in me growing heightening by my stepsister's cheers of excitement. A high-pitched top voice started to sing. Because I, I am in the stars tonight. The first verse of the song. I'm not going to sing it. The camera honed in on one of the band members. He was at the center. He had ruffled black hair with a suit of the same color with white vertical lines. He opened the song with a huge smile on his face. It radiated confidence. Like he knew what was coming was a top-tier performance. It was contagious. I felt enjoyment for the first time in days. To my surprise, my stepsister followed their choreography naturally. I later learned that this is something ARMY does for fun. I'm not sure if it was their upbeat music, charisma, choreography, or overall stage presence that left me in awe, but I could not take my eyes off the screen. For the entirety of the four songs they performed, I was completely enthralled by them. Never had I heard a single song by them, and yet there was there I was completely mesmerized by their music. Something had clicked inside my brain. For the first time in days, I had felt something that was not rooted in fear or helplessness. I felt hope. Um, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> and I go back to that performance every once in a while because I feel like every time I see it, I notice something different. I notice a different interaction. I, I see them doing something fun. You know, they're not just dancing. Sometimes they were throwing like like um, finger hearts to the audience or sometimes they were being playful with each other. Um, and I, I go back to that feeling that I had that night. I, um, something that I later learned was when they were talking about why they released Dynamite and how Dynamite was more like just, you know, it was a fun song they just released during the pandemic just to, give joy to people, right? Um, And that's something that I really needed at that time because prior to that, a few days before, which I talk about it more in my um, essay, I had um, gone through a very, very bad experience. You know, I was living alone for the first time and a man broke into my apartment, right? And it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through, um, you know, writing this essay, I, I cried a lot because, you know, I had to relive, relieve that moment. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to relieve that moment. I had to describe it 
And I didn't know that even after all this time, um, it's still, even talking about it now, it still um, affected me. You know, I, I was I was diagnosed with PTSD after it happened. So, you know, for so for perspective, you know, I had I was in a I was in a very dark place, you know, and then I was sitting there watching TV and my stepsister <clears throat> who I knew she liked BTS. So I knew them by name. Like I knew BTS existed. She came in and she was like, Oh, I wanna I'm gonna watch the Our Hate Our Heart Radio performance and she played it. And I stayed there because I had nothing else to do. You know, my computer was stolen. My laptop was stolen. Everything was stolen. So I was just there like, okay, it's either this or I go to sleep. So I just stayed there. Um, and I watched it and I was just like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> you know? And it's like I said, like, it, like their energy was so contagious and it's something that I really needed. You know, it was escapism. You know, my... And I dove right into it because I needed something to take me away from what had happened. I needed something to completely just take my mind off of it because that's all I could think about. So I was like, okay, I need to think about something else. And that something else became, you know, BTS. Um, and even after I, you know, after I started healing from that process, from what had happened, you know, I realized that there were a lot of things um, in my life that I needed healing from, you know, a lot of, you know, traumas growing up. Um, and they, they talked about a lot of them through their music. And yeah, I just, <laughs> I just like cry here. <laughs> Sorry. I just, hmm, um, oh, it's beautiful go, though. Like yeah. the emotions are right <laughs> there, right? Like they don't go yeah. away. Even if you think that time, yeah. cause time has passed, but it's still, yeah. it's, it's not even There's, been three years. So yeah. it's pretty recent. It's fresh. The song, the song that always one of the songs that I mean, a lot of their songs made me cry. Let's be honest. But one song that really makes me cry, like, I like every time it comes on and I'm in public, I have to like skip it because <laughs> I can just not listen to it. It's Magic Shop, and I talk a lot, a little bit about it, right? Um, and it's the whole the part where they say, um, like, you gave me the best of me, so you give you the best of you, like that. It's like you're like I just think about like how we you know as army as a group we you know we push them we give them like all of this like I guess I wouldn't say we give them their success but we are part of it right we we are the ones that you know we listen to the music we support them if they want to you know any project they do we want to support it because you know we support their art and it's kind of like them saying like you know if you're willing to do all of this for us you should also be willing to give that same love and dedication to yourself and that just like <laughs> it really fucked me up <laughs> when I heard the song I was like oh no and I just cry every time I, I listen to that specific part because it's just so yeah so and I know that my friends actually like my none of my friends like BTS <laughs> they don't but I know that, you know, um, actually one one eventually got into ETS, but anyways, that's not the point. I remember one of them once told me, they, he told me, I'll never understand. I'll never understand what they mean to you. But he said, like, I can see, I can see the, the shift in you when you start, you know, liking them and when you started um, 
standing them after what had happened. He was like, you needed something good. You needed hope. And they were that. And he was like, I, <laughs> I'll never understand because I'll never, he'll, he'll never like be able to be in my shoes, but he could recognize, you know? Um, and yeah, I'm gonna. I can keep talking about it. Just stop me. Stop no, me. I mean, we're we're here to listen to you speak. So thank you so much. Yeah. Um, that was so beautiful. So do you reckon? You know, like there's that really popular um fandom saying that BTS finds you when you need them most. Mm-hmm. Is is that what oh, happened yeah. for you? I do believe so because I feel like I had a lot of um chances to know about them. You know, um. I, my stepsister was really into them. I remember at that time I had a friend that was really, really, really into them. I had heard about them. Like, um, I knew of their existence. I was into K-pop for a, um, a few years ago and I kind of felt out of it for a while. So like the opportunities were there. They just, for some reason, I never had this curiosity of just sitting down and being like, oh, let me like listen to them. Let me like check it out. And then until like I was put in this position of like, oh, it's time. It's time. And it almost felt like life kept distracting me and taking me onto these other paths saying like, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then like when I needed it, it was like, okay, like I feel like now it's the moment where um, they need to come into your life because like like there's nothing else you know um Mm. there's nothing else that's going to like take you out of that hole yeah for sure and because you would just gone through something incredibly traumatic and you do kind of like this is the main part of your essay that you really delve into is like the the pivotal moment the the turning point or like the really bad part before the the positive turning point anyway um so I was wondering if you could just read out an excerpt about what happened on the night um and then we can talk about it a little bit even though you've kind of said a little bit about what happened but I really want to take um our our listeners to to that place so they really understand where you're coming from okay let's go (laughs) um on September 15 2020 midnight I went to sleep early because of work I was living in a small first floor studio apartment It had a small kitchen, a bedroom, and a bathroom. Despite having a door that separated my room from the kitchen, the space was tight and everything was close together. Still, it was my own space, and I spent a few months making it feel like home. To this day, I'm not sure why I woke up that night. I just did. Maybe it would have been better if I had just pretended like I was asleep. Nevertheless, I woke up, and the first thing I saw was a door to my room open but that wasn't the most alarming part. On the other side of the door of my apartment, my apartment door was also open. For the moment, for a moment, my entire body froze. Then I felt my entire body warm up quickly. I cautiously moved towards the front door and closed it. Something was wrong. And for a moment, I tried to brush it off. Maybe I had not closed the doors properly and my cats pushed it open. Right beside my door, I had my cat tower where they often took naps. Only this time, they were all looking towards the door, door to my room, intensely, defensively. I wonder if they were just as terrified as I was. I knew it then. Someone was in my room. Um, oh, my gosh. And I, yeah. I, 
it's terrifying. And I, I skip. I I decided to leave out a lot of details because it was it was really hard to write about it. But I can talk about it. Um. So yeah. So I'm in that moment. I I'm in my bed and I see the doors open. And I, w- I wake up and I go to close the doors. And here I'm thinking like, oh my cats, you know, like, oh my god. And then I see the cat tower and I see all my like my cats and they're just like, I I'll never they're just looking at my door that right now the door is like behind me and everything's turned off. And then like, like I knew it, like I just knew it that I was like, no, I can't be. And then when I turn around, I remember I put my hand like into my room to like turn on the lights and the, my, there was my bed and like right behind my bed where like the headboard is, there was a space between that headboard and the, um, closet and he was there hiding i mean he was hiding but like, I'm just, I can what see him. so he'd walked in when you were asleep and he Sleeping. was just standing stand yeah. standing behind he was you behind my bed so i couldn't so when i stood up i yeah i couldn't see him obviously because he was behind me um obviously like you know you don't you don't know what to do so he i tried to like close the door I, my reaction was to like close the door to my room but obviously he opened it because so, I just, are you free you freeze you don't know yeah like do you say do. hello or like there's literally oh, someone want... like yeah do you want to come in up. like uh, uh, far out um, oh my god and then um so basically he and, and like I don't know I don't want to be like too graphic but I, I was I was naked because I, I that at that time I slept naked because it was relaxing not anymore <laughs> but I so like I was like fully <laughs> so and then like obviously I covered myself like because he told me like to sit on my bed and I covered myself and I was just sobbing, you know, just imagine just me just sobbing, 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 sobbing. Um and then like he <clears throat> starts to like and it was really weird because he was like talking to me about like how um he he was addicted to drugs and he really needed to steal from me to get money to get drugs and he felt sorry but he was crying and then like you know he was like trying to get me to sympathize with him but then at the same time he was like threatening me and then I could see that my neighbor's car pulled up and that's when he like closed the door to my room because he didn't want the neighbors to like look inside my room because remember my room was really small my apartment was really small um so so he closed the door and this went on for like an hour because, he, you know, he was packing everything up. And I remember, I remember I, he was, when he was packing up my jewelry, um, one of the things that he was going to take away was a ring my grandma gave me. I actually, to this day, I still have it. It's right here. And I remember like crying and then telling him like, can I please just keep the ring and he said yes so I kept it um and I was writing my thesis at that time and I was like can I send my like documents to my email <laughs> and he allowed me to like go oh my into God. my computer and I was just there and then everyone was like why didn't you like text someone like with your computer and I was like mm. he was you're in like, shock man like what, what are you, you gonna do and, <laughs> and what if he saw me texting someone yeah what it's more important that you email that thesis, evidently. 
yeah i was just priorities like, like all my sources everything just like copy email send like uh I just, wow and then it was so um and i was i felt so alone you know i um and then obviously i had to walk him to my car because he didn't know which one was my car so I oh had to my walk god <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I had to walk him to my car and uh, and like the other creepy thing, he had my phone already and I sleep with my phone beside my, my face. So mm. he like grabbed my phone while I was sleeping, Oh my god! which is like something I realized later on. Cause he was like, I have your phone. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh. And then, um, and I went to my, to my neighbors who had, I had never spoken to in my life. I just knocked on the door. Mind you, it was like 2 a.m. And they opened it. And it was just me crying. And I could see their kids in the background like, well, who is this lady? Why is she mm. like sobbing? Um, and I tried to like explain. And they called the police. Um, and the police came. And I tried calling my dad. And he wasn't answering. But um, I knew one of my neighbors. But she lived like in the third floor. And I was just throwing rocks at her. <laughs> her window and she woke up um and i and i told her to like text a friend of mine that i knew she had the contact for and then he was the one that kind of contacted my family and my dad was there like at 7 a.m with the police um but i couldn't sleep it was just and i moved out i moved out immediately because i just obviously i couldn't go back to that apartment Mm. Um, it's terrifying what happened like even though there's so many like humorous moments in the sense that like yeah. he, like I he was to. trying to be trying to be kind <laughs> like he was trying to be kind and you're like can I email myself my thesis and can I keep my ring and let me show you my car so you can steal from me like yeah <laughs> but then the fact that like I, I do find it funny that a lot of these often incredibly traumatic experiences do have those really human moments of like mm-hmm. oh let me just help you burgle me <laughs> real quick and then oh, yeah. you're still like, really messed up after like yeah because my I, I, one of the things he wanted to take was my tv and my tv was hooked on the wall and he didn't know how to take it off and i had to help him like oh here it's how you do it but mind you i'm still crying oh <laughs> this is happening i'm like okay here you go you take my tv um but it's i have to laugh because i just i <laughs> I'm still in awe of that of that happening, and then you know I I live with it. You know, I sometimes when I hear a noise, I'm like, and I can't sleep, mm. <laughs> can't sleep. You know, I check the door to my apartment like three times before I go to bed. Now I have to sleep with my door closed. I don't like sleeping with my door open. Um, like I said, I don't, I can't sleep naked anymore because I need to mm. be ready to like run at any moment. When I go out, you know, I'm I have twenty eyes. I have like I'm I'm always looking around. I'm always like um, aware of my surroundings. Um, I'm I'm very hyper aware of everything now because like at any moment <laughs> something can happen. And yeah, that's sort of like the context of how I met BTS, which is kind of sad and not the best way. I remember. I always I always tell people like oh yeah I, I met the the way I got into BTS is very interesting and then when I saw the call for papers for this I was like I have an interesting story let me <laughs> let me submit it um 
because it was it was very like like, like all the things that had to happen from B to to kind of like get to that point i always think mm-hmm. of serendipity of the song serendipity for that reason how like all these awful things had to happen if they wouldn't have happened maybe i wouldn't um be like here right now and i know that a thought that i have that i, I know it's not a, a fair thought um but i know that a lot of times when i try to explain to people the meaning of their songs and like their message and all that stuff a lot of times they're like, oh, like I don't know, like they don't they don't feel it, and I'm always in my mind like, oh, but you probably live a very happy life, don't you? <laughs> yeah, like, they're just not ready to receive BTS, and I think yeah. from everything I've learned from talking to Army and reading and working with, uh, like reading a lot of Army's work, is that they have to go through some shit before they're ready to like really, <laughs> you know, receive like, what BTS has receive. to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like you've got to be open yeah. to it. And that's what um, mm-hmm. another essayist, Martina, said. Yeah, it's BTS um, are for like people with an open heart and open mind. And like those are the people that will receive them exactly how it's mm-hmm. intended. Everyone else just won't get it. Um, yeah. And that is kind of like we're watching so. two different groups. Everyone else sees like this really like incredibly popular um, dancing boy band where everyone looks really pretty and it's pop music. Mm-hmm. But we experience it at a very like a much deeper level and an expansive level, um, which is the appropriate (laughs) level that it should be experienced at. But, you know, everyone comes at it from their own, their own life experience. So it's interesting that we've all had to go through some stuff to get to this point (laughs) Um, and and different stuff. Like not everyone's gone through incredibly traumatic stuff like you, Mm -hmm. but then there's also a lot of people that have gone through incredibly traumatic stuff. And then there's BTS that are like this shining beacon of hope, which is, Mm -hmm. which is great. Right. Yeah, but not even so much because I know that I this this was like the turning point, and I do talk about it because it was like the key point of how I met BTS. But you know, I could write a whole other essay about things that have happened in my life um, and things I've struggled with and how they've helped me. They have nothing to do and not related at all. Because even after, like I, even though I do live with what happened and I do live with the PTSD, it's not. It's not something I think about anymore unless, like, the thought is brought up and sometimes, like, it invades my brain all of a sudden. But um, they have helped me with other things and a lot of it is, like, self-love because, you know, their whole love yourself era (laughs) and message. But I think as an artist, I do respect a lot of their... um, Just, like, the the layers their music has and I, I love I love 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 listening to people talk about their music and analyze like everything from their artwork to their choice of like um like music video and the the instruments they use and all that and I just because you know as a literature major like I am a nerd about all this stuff and I was literally watching yesterday a video of someone analyzing how like Yoongi has created these two other personas and how they symbolize um how everyone within themselves can be have different desires that even contradict themselves you know and how it's okay to have selfish desires and how it's okay and it's, it was a really good <laughs> video and I was just like ugh, mesmerized because I this, those are things I never thought about and I love listening to people theorizing about their music and about their like just 
everything. So yeah, that's yeah. great because so you you're um you're a writer. So obviously yeah. you've written this essay, but also you know yeah. you're you're you write outside of this as well. Can you yeah. tell me a little about your work? Like, what do you write about? What does that look like? Okay, so. I started writing um, very early in my, I was like 12 years old when I started writing. I, um, I started writing because I thought rhyming was fun. And then, you know, that was like when I was in seventh, eighth grade. And then when I got into ninth grade, you know, all those hormones I and all the stuff that I was like going through in my brain, I started using writing more as a like an outlet Um to this day, I struggle a lot with like talking to people and explain to them what exactly it's going on in my brain and what I'm feeling. So writing became that source of like, I can just pour everything out. So everything I write about, you know, little moments that I want to somehow record in my life. Sometimes things I observe, things that like um, sometimes... They are just ideas, like uh, maybe my opinion on something. Sometimes how I'm feeling, anger, desperation, anxiety, sadness, heartbreak. I ironically, I I tend to never write about like romantic. I feel like I do not have the capacity to write something romantic <laughs> for some reason. I've tried, but I feel like everything that comes out is just cheesy and. It doesn't really resonate with me. So I just like avoid the topic completely, which I guess is something I can like talk to with a therapist about like, why is it that you can't write about the romance? But that's like a whole other um, thing. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily bad. Like you, yeah. you found you found what you like to write and you can write it. Yeah. So I, so in looping back to what you're saying about um, to sugar just before and like how you like to – like understand the different layers of BTS's work and listen to people talking about their creative processes and BTS talking about their creative processes. Um, how does that work in with your writing and your creativity? Like does BTS influence or inspire what you do? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, that. So I think, and I'm going to specifically, I think talk about um, Namjoon and Yoongi. I think seeing them, as writers, um, I'm always like fascinated by like their like their process, how they just can like create these images. I was like really excited when Namjoon released um, Wildflower because that's um, I remember growing up. I read the book The Perks of Being a Wildflower, and that was always like I don't know if you read the book, but that was like a book that was like my favorite thing <laughs> during high school. That became my entire personality. <laughs> so when I saw the song, I was like, oh my God, it's coming back. <laughs> it's coming back. I've always um, enjoyed the symbolism that it comes with uh, Wildflower. The thing about being inspired by BTS, you know, like I said, I've been writing for a very long time. I've been writing way before I met BTS. So it's not like they've they made me start writing. What they did do, though, more like it's like they inspired me to pick it up again because it's something that I did leave behind you know with college and then looking for a job and focusing on research and you know writing essays on the master level 
takes away like you know I, I was like I forgot how to write creatively I can only write like things that I like you know research and argumentative things and like theories and I think that for a long time I kind of like forgot how to write poetry so listening to their music and being and then listening to them talk about their music and listening like how they come up with these songs inspired me to like going back to okay like what I I love writing creates like in a creative way so I think that was the biggest influence in that aspect of my life that they pushed me and a lot of the times I ask myself like when I when I'm when a good amount of time has happened like has passed where I haven't written I'm like what would Namjoon say Namjoon would be really mad at me (laughs) for not writing anything like what are you doing with you like what are you doing like go back go back to what you were supposed to be doing so yeah and and on a more like cringy and um, embarrassing note I did write the 300 page novel I talked about um in my essay that I wrote like in two months it was 100 percent 100 percent um based on them <laughs> It was, like a, it was like a it was like a it was like a like okay. a fan fiction a fan fiction I never posted anywhere it was just right. for me and um for my friends to read and then I felt really bad and I changed like I was like I'm gonna make because I started writing it for fun and then I was like I'm gonna make this into a thing and I changed like their names and I changed the setting like from it no, it was no longer in Korea. I was somewhere else, and it was no longer right. it. It was no longer Jimmy. It was Jensen, and it was no longer Namjoon. Oh it was God. Nathan. Yeah, I so was like you no. American. You, you you Americanized the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, I don't. Because I thought. Because you know, in my mind, I was like, I I spent a good amount of time writing this. I'm not gonna if if I if I if I ever end up publishing it, I don't want it to be like yeah, like it's this is a book about BTS. This is I kind of want it to be so. I was just embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, I basically just wrote a like a really long fan fiction. <laughs> wow. Um, for myself in Google Drive. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Um, because I was rereading it, I was like, I need to edit it so bad, and then I started editing it. Cause it's just, and I wanted to change like so many things from the plot, like, cause the plot was all over the place. Cause I was just writing without like knowing where I was going. That's how I ended up with like 300 pages, single space, you know, (laughs) on Google drive. So I was like, I need to, I want to rewrite it completely. Um, and just, (laughs) yeah, but it was 100% based on, cause there was a band and, the, the main character becomes a, a songwriter for them. You know, it was the whole thing. Ooh. So <laughs> living the, um, the, the your dream. Name dream. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love it. Sure. Well, at least, you know, hey, you know that you're capable of writing a 300 page book now. So that's yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did it. It felt very, um, it was very like accomplishing. Like I was like, I did it. Like if I can do this, I can actually like do anything because um, I would sit every day that's that's what I would do I like for two months I didn't watch Netflix I wasn't doing anything like I I was just at home just writing and writing and writing like I was hyper focused on it and because I I had like um like two friends that were like invested in it 
So they would ask for updates. So like every other day I would send them like a chapter and it was like a whole thing wow. and it was a lot of fun. So yeah. I love that <laughs> so, they so were, like, much. They were the only people that ever read uh, that BTS fan fiction. Um, well, yeah. well, something that we can um, read of yours, apart from the essay, um, is your poem in the essay. So I was yeah. wondering um, if you would be so kind as to read out your poem for us. Of course. Thank you. Oh. Okay, so it has no title because I never give, um, I'm really bad with titles, so it has no title. <clears throat> so today I went up to a rooftop of a 19-story building in the middle of the city with two friends. I looked out into the city lights, beacons calling out to the sky, calling out to me. You see, you don't always get to choose what you get to remember. Memories can be haunting, but when you're given moments like these, filled with freedom, remember them. They'll hold you tight and keep you warm as you descend to the ground. Oh, I love it. You know, when I first <laughs> I first read your um your story, because actually my mum read your essay before I did. Um, interestingly. She because I just gave her a whole bunch and I'm like, because she works um at my company with me and sometimes I'm just oh. like hey mom you know come read you know when I have a lot of stuff to read I'm like can you read this so she's like hey look at this one there's like um there's an incident that happens a really traumatic incident and I didn't know what it was and I was reading your essay and you were standing up on that building and I'm like does someone fall off this building when I was reading that like because I was like is this what my mom told me about <laughs> Because that's what it warm <laughs> as you descend to the ground. That's those are the last two lines. Oh, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right, so interestingly enough, and um, this is like a joke I have with my friends. I wrote this poem the, the day it happened because mm. you know, I was with them, I was hanging out with them with my two friends, which actually one of them is my roommate right now, and we always joke about this and how, like, how like things happen. And I was with them. We were talking about COVID. You know, I hadn't seen that friend for a very long time because she, you know, first of all, COVID. Second of all, she lives here in New York. Um, so we were just talking about our life plans, what we wanted to do, how COVID basically shook every moment, well, literally shook the entire world and how it shifted our, how we see everything. And I remember it was a really, I took a picture. It was really nice. It was, you know, being so far away from the ground, seeing the entire city and seeing, just being away from it. It was very peaceful and was very, it was a very good night and a very good memory. So I went home and I wrote this. That's when I said that something I just write. I want to capture a moment um, because memories, like I was like, memories like these are the ones that kind of like <clears throat> keep you company and, you know, they're just like <laughs> really they're really good and that night at midnight is when this guy <laughs> decides to break into my apartment and I'm like so when I was writing this essay I was like I thought about this poem and I revisited I revisited I revisited this poem and I edited it a little bit because I think um originally it was way 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 longer <clears throat> I rambled on a little bit more but I edited a little bit more and I decided to put it in the in the the essay to see if it was allowed. I didn't. I was like, oh, I'm gonna put it just in case, and I put it because I, I liked it, <laughs> and it, the fact that I wrote it that same day, just hours before that happened, I was like, 
I might as well. It goes with it. It mm. goes with what was going on. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a really important like record of life before, right before um, mm-hmm. everything changed for you. So now you're mm-hmm. going to remember that like in a totally, like in a, I guess, more pivotal way than if, if life had just gone on without anything happening that night. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you might look back on that and be like, that's a fond memory. But now you're like, whoa, yeah. that was oh. before everything changed, which is yeah. really and cool. Think, then we get to read it in the book. <laughs> I think the the last part, the um you're you're giving moments like these filled with freedom remember them they'll hold you tight and keep you warm as you descend to the ground that's something i added um, when i was editing that poem again for the because i was kind of writing it from the perspective of like <laughs> look what happened um even no matter how shitty life can be sometimes you do have to hold on to those good moments because i I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, like BTS fixed my life. <laughs> like, no, it's that's not what happened. They're just the source of like comfort, you know, that, you know, I'm having a stressful day. I'll listen to their music. I'll, I can know I can like rely on their message and I know that I have that support. But I, I wouldn't say that all oh, my life is just like peachy now and like I have nothing, no, I have no struggles and, everything's great but it's the whole idea of like you have to hold on to what is good to Mm. kind of be able to kind of deal with what's crap you know yeah I feel that all right so we're getting very close to the end I've got two questions for you all right yeah so this Mm -hmm. this one um this one why am I I don't know why I'm announcing questions um (laughs) I want to know what has changed since you've written your essay like so where were you when you're writing essay what were you doing has anything changed what does what does life look like now because I know you're in New York City Mm -hmm. um and that's has that happened since you wrote the essay yeah um when I wrote the essay I was still in Puerto Rico and I moved to New York um in July um it was a very spontaneous thing to do but I knew I wanted to go. Um, but a little bit, you know, before that, um, when the whole thing happened, I met BTS. I quit my job, which was really toxic. I was, I pulled through and I was able to finish my thesis, my master's thesis. I defended it. I graduated. Um, I started working at a school. And I, that's when I, during, I was working at that school. That's when I um, heard the call for papers for this book. And I submitted it and then I I think I, I was still, no, I, I, I moved to New York. I moved to New York like within a week. Like it was like I got the opportunity during the summer to come here and I like it was on Monday and I was like, dad, I'm leaving on Saturday. So I need to pack right now. Wow. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <that> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, it was really hard. I was really sad um, because mm-hmm. I do talk about it in the essay how like sometimes the things that we want do take us away from places and people we love. But I knew it was something that I, I needed to do for myself because it was it had been something that I had been wanting to do. And it was while being in New York that I got the email that I had been like accepted. I was I had passed like the first round for this book and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like like everything that's everything that's happening like oh my god I'm here finally here like I still look back on the fact that oh my god like actually I'm I'm in New York um I'm working for a nonprofit 
organization um, and in a school. And, um, you know, I'm actually doing a writing workshop, which is pretty cool. I'm designing it, you know, I'm using what I like to, and I'm doing that. And I'm trying my best to finish writing uh, a poetry book. And I'm trying to edit the the book, the, the 300 page fan fiction of BTS that's not going to be, <laughs> <laughs> that I will deny forever that it was, that is actually based on them. Um, yeah, because there's definitely no proof like um, a podcast that no, um, that no. says that. So if, if you, if anyone listening ever sees a book come out that's about 300 pages, well, it'll be way more than that in a, in a printed yeah. book. Um, yeah, just know that it was never about BTS <laughs> at no point. Never. And I'll there's no always proof deny it. to the contrary. I'll, yeah. I'll always <laughs> deny it. I always, I always joke and tell my friends like, yeah, when I publish that book, and they decide to make a movie out of it. And they ask me, like, who do you want the soundtrack to be sang by? I'm going to be like, BTS. And they're going to sing the soundtrack of the of the movie. And then when they ask me if the book is about them, I'm going to say no. It's just a coincidence that the group is seven guys. And they have all their names start the same way as yours. like, And they share the same birthdays, share the same height. <laughs> It's, like, it's all a coincidence. <laughs> I, I, when I wrote about it, I did not know that you guys existed. It's just, it just is. Um, <laughs> uh, I remember the whole birthday thing. One of my friends told me, you should change their birthdays if you're going to actually try and hide the fact that it was. It is them. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I guess. Oh, my God. There was a birthday <laughs> thing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That was just yeah, a guess on my behalf. I'm like, I bet they've oh, yeah. got like everything's the same except for the names and like where they're yeah. from. Yeah, yeah cool. 100%. Great. But um, so that's kind of like when I um, when I was in this entire process, um, it, you know, I, I do want to like thank you because I, it was, it has given me like a little bit of a spark of like, oh shit, I can do this. Um, I want to do this. And it's, it's been a, like a lifelong, you know, since I was 12 years old, it's been a goal. So it's, it's, it's been giving me a lot of like, okay, so onto the next project and onto the next publishing thing I'm going to publish. Yeah. Yeah. You do it. I will, I will be here supporting you every step of the way. You just send me a DM on Instagram. I mean, we're already hooked up, but you know, um, <laughs> you've just got to keep going and, and I know you'll yeah. keep going. And um, that's why, you know, it makes me so happy to publish stories because it's mm-hmm. a great, even if um, people don't go on to publish anything else ever again, I just want to affirm like, yeah, you can do the thing, but also because yeah. you are a yeah. writer, it's like, well, yeah, you really can do the thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that is great. Okay. So last question, you've got to answer very quickly. Are you ready? Okay. I, I always put pressure on people, but you, you know, whatever, oh, do whatever no. you want. Um, okay, favorite BTS era music video and song. Okay, uh, so I always say that my favorite era is the B era because that was the era that I was like a baby army, and so it was like, oh my god, like mm-hmm. everything. Your first comeback, I, yeah. I mean, technically, I think that when I was I got into them, the album was already out or was about to come out. Mm-hmm. I don't know, okay. but. We'll you count know, it. it had dynamite. We'll yeah. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it had dynamite. Dynamite was my first song, and I know that a lot of people don't, I guess, don't like dynamite. But I'm like, I, 
it brings out so many good memories to me. Mm. Um, music video, though, I think my favorite music video is Spring Day. I cry every time I see it. So I think Spring Day has to be my favorite music video. And song, I feel like it's very cruel for you to ask me which my favorite song. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do not know which my favorite song. But I always say that Serendipity is my favorite song. Mm. Um, but, you know... Like right now, I have like I've been like playing the astronaut like on the loop. <laughs> like Ooh. it's such a good. I, I can't stop yeah. listening to that song. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's even it's even hard to say what are my te- top top ten songs because mm-hmm. it's it changes depending on mood. Sometimes I'm feeling more like oh I want to I want to listen to not today. Sometimes I just want to listen to. Like, you know, I want to listen to Spring Day. I want to listen to um, Serendipity. So it just really depends. But I, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say Serendipity because it has. It's a great song. It's a great song. It has that word, Serendipity, that I love. Um, and it, it, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful lyrics. And it has um, Jimin, which is. And then, like, the whole, the music video has the whole thing about the moon and the space. and. Mm. You know, very on on brand to you okay I feel that all right yeah well Paola thank you so much for joining me today and I'm gonna go practice your name because I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna get good at my Spanish I swear um I can teach you okay great thank you you. so when we come back again to talk about your 300 page book that isn't about BTS I will nail the crap out of your name Paola 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 Paola. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can just munch. You can like, I'll put you in a position where you have to say my name, and you can just mess it up so bad, yeah. and we'll be we'll be even. Yeah. Okay. So I anyway, uh, not said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. But I've got to say yours, otherwise it's very awkward. Okay. Okay. You can find Paola on Instagram at. Oh, stop laughing at me. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. find find my dear guest here on instagram yeah. at Mooncives, like moon and then k-i-v-e-s and if you don't understand the reference you're probably not an army but welcome we we are accepting of all people here um yeah but yes it's a great it's a great play on archives um yeah thank you yeah archive yes yes anyway um and you can find me on instagram at the bts theorist as well as walia eaglehawk um yes my name is pronounced walia Walia, everyone. Walia, there we go. Now we've done the pronunciation. <laughs> um, okay, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, you can pick up a copy of I Am Army. We don't need permission from revoltbooks.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Depository, or ordering through your local indie re- retailer. And, of course, you can just Google, like, every country all around the world has their own online retailer. Um, and I'm sure the book will be there. And if it's not, just tell them to get it in, guys, please. Anyway, yes. that's all from us. We're going to say goodbye now. And I'm going to go practice okay. um, uh. saying some names. <laughs> I've got, after after all these interviews, I've got a list of names that I need to seriously get yeah. my head around. Um, so uh, my apologies to everyone um, who is not called Paula, as we like to say in Australia, <laughs> uh, but has yeah. a, a vari- a, the actual Spanish variation. I apologize. Um, Okay, with that, I'm out of here. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.